You are listening to the Filming Life Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Holmes, founder and lead educator at the Filming Life Academy, the largest online community of family filmmakers in the world, where I teach photographers how to switch over to video and create meaningful story-driven films with confidence. If you're not already a member, but you want to be, you can sign up to the Academy over at filminglifeacademy.com. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, it's Courtney here for another episode of the Filming Life Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I have Kylie Pertel and Allison Redman here with me today, and we are going to be talking about lens babies. But before we get into that, I want to just talk a little bit about, give you a kind of an update on um, things that have been happening over at Filming Life for us. We have just finished up our first theme for our film projects that we're doing for the art house. Um, and Kylie ran that one. So Kylie, you want to give us like a little bit of a, a taste of or a rundown on how that went and what the theme was and yeah. Um, that was really good. The first theme that we did was unexpected. And basically the idea was that we really wanted our members to kind of push themselves out of their comfort zone and to try new things with the idea being that, you know, when you, when you push yourself out of your comfort zone and try new things, you find new techniques that you can then take into your other films down the track. And so some of the things that people do might be something that they use all the time, or it might be something that they go, you know, I could adapt this idea to work, you know, for my family films that I make for a client or something else like mm-hmm. that. So yeah. it was just a really fun way for the members to kind of have a have a place where they could play and and not take not take their film too seriously in order to really kind of build up those skills and help them find new things to to do and experiment and just build skills for you know improving their filmmaking overall. And it was incredible the films that people made like I think we had like 28 submissions and they were just they all blew me away like I was so impressed by um the different techniques that people chose to use or explore and and incorporate into their films and I have to say when I was watching them and seeing those techniques I was like taking notes I'm like oh I want to try that oh I want to try that oh I want to try that so (laughs) just for me alone like the inspiration was really really cool so um we've put them all into a blog post so that people can have a look at them and I'll link to that in the show notes because I think if you particularly if you're feeling a little bit in a creative rut and you're not sure like what you're going to do next just have a watch through these these videos and I think it'll give you some really cool ideas and get those creative juices flowing again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I loved them. They were so good. Um, mm-hmm. And so then the next theme that we've been working on is um, one that Allison is running. So Allison, do you want to tell us about your, the theme that you're covering this over the next two months and how that's all been going? Yeah, for our second art house, we chose to do the theme of generations. And I think we're all so excited about this because it's going to, we're asking our members to film and tell stories of someone of a different generation than they are. Yeah. Um, And we've left it kind of wide open in in that aspect, but um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a family member, just someone of a different generation. And we... (laughs) 
I feel like these theme, these, this theme in particular is going to have all of us like sobbing oh, when we're watching these films yes. at the end. They're going to be just so heartfelt and meaningful and um, really, really inherently deep stories to the person who's telling them, which is so special. It's such a radically different theme than unexpected. And I kind of love that. Mm-hmm. Um, not yeah. that some of those techniques yeah. might transfer in, but it's just a complete, it's 180 degrees, yep. a different direction. Yep. Um, so I'm just excited to see what people do. We kind of gave them two options. We always divide our art house into two levels. And our first level is for someone who wants to do an activity with um, someone of a different generation and tell a story like that. And then our second level is we're asking our members to incorporate photos and interview somebody and tell a story of someone of a different generation. So very yeah. different approaches to the idea of generations, but oh my gosh, I just cannot wait to see. The oh, I'm so excited. I can't yeah. wait to see what people are going to make. Yes. I think it's going to yeah. be incredible. And I think that um, black people have, you know, people would write, be right to sort of be like, but wait, like we're in the middle of a pandemic. So mm. why, why go ahead with generations when like some people still can't see some of the, their loved ones mm. and whatnot. Um, and that's a really fair call, but at the same time, like, this is actually when you should be making something like, this is really when you should be making something and, and thinking outside the box of how to make that happen still. So if you can't see them in person, you still can figure out ways to make a film that honors them and tells a story without having to be there in person. Like mm-hmm. the sky's the limit for how you can make that happen. And Allison did such an amazing job of giving some examples of this and some inspiration to our members to get the ball kind of rolling in their mind of how they might be able to make that work. So um and when we were talking, when we were talking about this theme before we announced it, Courtney, I mean, I love, we both were like, I like that this is not only telling a story of someone who's of a genera- different generation, but it's also, if you do have to approach it in a unique way via recording a Zoom call or recording a phone call or whatever it is, because you physically can't be in touch. It's like making a pandemic film without directly making a pandemic film. Yes. You know, it's touching on something yep. in a less obvious way, which I really like. I like that we're not like the next theme is pandemic, you know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I like the subtlety. Yeah, but I think also it, it's it's you know continuing to, um, you know, it's when you give yourself a constraint, sometimes that forces you to get really yes. creative. And so you know, in that way, where if you don't have access to actually getting to see, say, your grandparents or the generation or person that you want to work with, it's like, well, um, you know, you got to get really creative with it. And sometimes those constraints can be really liberating in the end like mm-hmm. with what you end up creating so I think it's going to be really interesting to see how um, particularly those people who are limited in their face-to-face access with people mm-hmm. are going to get around that and still create something that is just amazing yeah mm-hmm. and I mean like it's even if you you don't have the ability to meet with the the grandparent or the other generation that you're you're interviewing for some kind of activity like I'm sure that there's some footage somewhere on a phone somewhere of a grandparent and a child interacting and you can pull that footage together and create something 
you know, and weave that in with other things. So there's just so many ways that mm. it can be done. And, um, yeah. you know, and I think that that's just, that's kind of who we are. We're challenging our members. We're not going to just make it easy all the time. Cause if we did, then you wouldn't <laughs> grow. Right. So exactly. Like that's the whole point of the art house is to push people to really dig deep yeah. and, you know, do yeah. things that they don't actually realize they are capable of doing. Because we believe that they are. Yes, that's exactly. I believe that our members are. I think they're amazing. I think they can do it. I know. I know. Um, So, if you're listening to this and you're like, "Ooh, art house sounds cool," we'd love for you to join (laughs) us. So, all of our calls are recorded, so you're able to even if you join now, you can watch the replay of Allison's call that she's done, and um, we have a live Zoom call with our members every month, and that's just part of it. And, um, it's all about, you know, a bit of, a bit of inspiration, a bit of handholding, a bit of accountability all mixed in. And our goal is to just help you become a stronger filmmaker in the end. So if you decide you want to participate in that and you want to join the Academy, you can use the code ARTHOUSE, all capital letters, 2021, and you'll get $15 off your monthly membership fee. So we'd love to have you join us for that. Okay. So what else has been happening? I am trying to think. Um, oh, we've got some new courses that are coming out as well. Um, Jill is putting the final touches on her um, marketing course, which mm-hmm. is super exciting. I know members are pumped to get that. We put out a yeah, new I'm pumped post. to get that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm keen to read. So Jill, if you don't already know, is our marketing manager for Filming Life. And she has written a course that is, you know, geared towards family filmmakers. So I think it's going to be amazing. Um, she has a degree in marketing and she's just really, really on top of particularly social media at this point in time and um, extremely knowledgeable wealth of knowledge on all of that. Um And then also we have just had a blog post go out, which has um, some filmmakers to watch. So to follow on Instagram. So, um, and this is a group of our filming lifers who are um, just incredible and are always pushing the boundaries and, you know, showing up and doing the work. And they are people you should be watching if you are um, interested in following some more filmmakers and expanding your network. Okay, so shall we get into our topic? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Yes. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about lens babies. Before we start, yeah. I want to just say this is not sponsored in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> but it could be lens babies. <laughs> I was going to say there's got to be a, a little a hashtag. Here. <laughs> not sponsored, just love it. <laughs> No, but really like all three of us um, own lens babies and we love using them and um, <clears throat> we just kind of always have. And so we wanted to do this podcast episode on lens baby because it is a piece of gear that is a bit intriguing. It's a bit of fun. If you find that you're kind of in a rut with or, you know, just maybe feeling a little bit bored with the lenses that you have, or you want to try something different. It's a really good way to kind of, um, try out something a little bit more creative, a little bit more unique, a little different. Um, 
you can play around with it and do so many different things, which I will pass the wand over to you guys in a minute on talking about all those things. I personally, um, Kylie, how long have you had my lens baby? Probably like for a year now. <laughs> Two years. Okay. Wow. Let's just say that I am not a regular lens baby user, like on a day-to-day basis. Um, but because I, you don't have access to it because it's at my house. That's because Kylie has it. Um, but, but I do love it. And <clears throat> I was really drawn to it. Um, like a really, really early on, like, I think I got mine probably six or seven years ago. Um, and then <clears throat> I was just doing it, using it for photos. And then when I started using it for video, I was like, Oh, wow. Because it, it changes yeah. the way that you manually focus, like it, the plane of focus, instead of going like front to back or back to front, you can have it go side to side. You can have it go diagonally across the frame. And I just find that fascinating. And it was just a really cool way to get this like dreamlike effect, which is something I'm always going for in my films. And, um, I <clears throat> really loved it. So the one, and there's a bazillion different kinds. Um, the one that I had was have Kylie has uh, is the edge, I'll give it back one day. <laughs> is the Edge Fifty, um, and I really really loved it. Um, but like I said, I haven't used it in a while. The thing that I do that is quite similar to using a lens, baby, is called um, free lensing. And so what I do because maybe because I'm like a little bit lazy about changing lenses, I would like. I like having the option and because I'm shooting Canon, I can do this, um, but I'll detach the lens and cover your ears if this really stresses you out. But (laughs) I detach the lens and then I just hold it up against the camera and I tilt it with my hand Um, and then I put it back on and then I have like a normal lens again. So I like free lensing and that's the way for me. But lens baby is sort of can give you a similar look. So. I would love to hear Allison tell us your experience with using a lens baby, why you choose to use it, what you love about it. Tell me all the things. Yeah. What do you have? Um, I have same as you. I have the Edge 50. I have the Edge 35 and then the Sweet 35, but I have not used the Sweet one as much. Um, I don't know if we should go over like the different kinds. <laughs> yeah, we can. The the edge is since we've been speaking about the edge, the edge gives you a slice of focus. That's like an edge Mm. Um, and you can expand it or contract it and you can change the angle of it. um, We should should probably mention that um, how lens baby works is there's, there's what's called the composer pro two. It's like a little, it's like a little (laughs) lens housing. So what you do is, you, you buy the Composer Pro 2 and then you can swap out the optics that go into it. So you can just buy the one Composer Pro 2 and then you can use an Edge 50, an Edge 35, a Sweet 50, a Twist 60. You can swap out just the little optic component. So it's it's really versatile in that regard. So you can buy your Composer Pro 2 plus Edge 50 optic, which will be around $500, US I think. But then once you've got that Composer Pro 2, then you yeah can just buy the little optics which are you know half the price of buying the full lot again um and so that's really handy and it makes it nice and easy to be able to like try the different optics and things so um 
yeah, just so if you are looking to get one, <laughs> look for a Composer Pro 2 and then choose the kind of optic that you want and you're not locked into it because then you can buy different ones later. Right. And I like Courtney. I started using it with photos and I still do. I really love it for photos. Um, for me, I shoot Nikon um, and <laughs> Nikons are a little frustrating in that the lenses don't allow you um, to change. There's a little tab on the inside and the aperture it's just a problem. Let's say if I want to be able to do what Courtney is saying for freelancing, I have to jam a piece of a straw into my lens to keep the aperture uh, slider thing from going down. And like, who has time for that <laughs> when you're shooting a client session? Yeah. I think there are some Nikon shooters that specifically devote maybe an older lens. Like let's say mm. you have a 50 1.8 that you don't ever use anymore because you upgraded to the 1.4, then they'll take that 50 1.8 and they'll jam the straw in and call it a day. And that'll be their freelancing lens. Um, I just don't have that many lenses. <laughs> so yeah. I would rather actually have a lens baby because it's, you know, it gives me that it's devoted to that concept rather than destroying potentially a different lens that I might eventually use again. Yeah. So, um, from a Nikon standpoint, if you are a Nikon shooter and you see people doing uh, freelancing and you're like, how do I achieve that? You can do it with your lenses, but lens baby is a fantastic alternative specifically with the edge, um, optics. So like I said, I have the 35 and the 50, I use the 50 a bit more, but, um, I love it because it gives me that slice of focus that I get to control, um, both for my photos and for my films. Um, I just, I just really, really love it with my films. I tend to use it, um, within a scene mm -hmm. or most recently I did a newborn film and the, basically the whole film was shot with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so in that aspect, you have to, I don't think it's something that you can like willy nilly go back and forth. I think you have to have an mm. intent when you're using it. Mm -hmm. So for example, yeah. if I'm about to walk into a newborn session. I'm probably going to shoot the whole session with it rather than go back and forth filming because then you've got this super crisp footage or you've got this dreamy footage and it's very hard to mix the two. So go, I use it with intent, just like yeah. you would with photo. Like I'm looking at a rainy day and I'm like, Oh, my kids are playing outside. This would be cool with a lens baby. So I'm going to go out with my lens baby. I'll have other lenses, but I have a initial, uh, approach that I want or a look that I want from the end product. And so that's why yeah. the lens baby kind of system is awesome for that. Cause once you get to know, this is what an edge looks like when I'm done, this is what a, a twist 60, which I don't know how, I know Kylie does. Mm -hmm. I know this, this is what this is going to look like yeah. when I'm done. So you're really approaching it with a, a mentality. That, that's kind of why I like using them. Yeah. 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 What about you, Kylie? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm kind of similar. Like I do tend to, mm -hmm. you know, like I won't be chopping and changing between a lens baby and a normal lens just the whole way through. Like I'll make the decision. Okay from now here for this scene or whatever this is what's going to be on the lens baby or this is what's going to be on the other or like you said like I might decide that well you know what I'm going to do the whole thing with a lens yeah. baby yeah. um because yeah it is it is a very unique effect and it doesn't always lend itself to all situations but it, right. it when it when you use it intentionally it can really kind of you know add that sort of missing element that you're looking for. And, um, yeah. So like when I got my twist 60, I kind of just whacked it on my camera and I'm like, right, I can only use this for the next two weeks because <laughs> I wanted to just really not just see what the lens could do, but also see how 
I could adapt using it in different situations to figure out how I liked it best and, you know, what, what it worked really well with, what it maybe didn't work so well with, right. um, particularly because, you know, the, it's a 60 millimeter focal length. So, mm. you know, it's, it's very different to using just like a 35 millimeter. So right. you've got to kind of take that into account as well. But, um, one of the things that I have actually started using the lens baby a lot for is I bought some, um, there are macro extenders that you can buy for your lens baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and they work the same way as the optics. So you pull your optic out, you attach the macro extenders, and then you put them back into the composer pro. And I've actually found that, um, I take that to every newborn session that I do now and I actually use that to get newborn details because when you put the macro extenders on and you're using it to get um, macro photo like um, of eyelashes and lips and things, it it makes the slice of focus, if you're using it with the edge, it makes it bigger. If you're using it with the twist, like the circle of focus seems to be bigger because you're in close um, because you're magnified in. Um, and you can get some really beautiful detail shots of eyelashes, lips. Um, one of my favorite photos of my newborn nephew that I took, um, in 2019 was using the macro extenders and the lens baby, because, you know, it's beautiful. It's not, um, you've got to be really careful when you use it, when you're filming, because obviously when you're up so close, any kind of movement is really obvious. I make sure that I'm. I'm, I kind of like have my elbows propped up so that I can like hold it really steady and I only do it with the intent of slowing that footage down. So mm-hmm. I film it at 50 frames per second because yeah. <laughs> it's re- it's like using a zoom lens. It's really obvious when there's a lot of movement when you're up close to things. So um, awesome. I don't have the macro on now. I want to go buy it. <laughs> yeah, and it's, You know, it's such a, a cool little thing. And so I think the macro extender, because I'd already bought the composer pro and whatnot, I'd already spent the money years ago to get that. Yeah. The macro extenders, I think it was less than a hundred dollars. Mm. And now it's given me this really cool ability to do macro shots and get really close to things without having to actually buy like a super expensive yeah. macro lens, um, yeah. which I might not use for very many things. So, yes. you know, for me, it's really good. It maybe doesn't give you the same kind of um, sharp quality that you would, that you see right. some newborn photographers get who do, you know, really yeah. kind of close up detailed right. work, but it, it does still give you the ability to get closer and see the little eyelashes and things. So that's been really cool. Um, mm. And that's, that's probably how I use my lens baby the most these days is for um, in newborn sessions. I, yeah. I use the, the macro extenders. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's cool. Yeah. So in case anyone was wondering, cause I don't think a lot of people realize that you can buy the macro extenders for it. So yeah, yeah that's my little tip. <laughs> You should totally be a lens baby ambassador, Kylie. (laughs) I'm saying, Kylie, like, why are you not? (laughs) You guys don't know much about it. The whole thing. Because I'm too lazy to send off my application to apply to be a lens. (laughs) You have the um the prism omni filter. Omni filters, yeah. Omni filter. Yeah, so the the omni this is again, people, this is not sponsored, okay? So I wish everybody could see Kyla right now because we have a video going, right? And she's like, you can see she's really excited. (laughs) Super animated. Yeah, your hands are coming up higher. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, so the Omni filter is something that they bought out. I think it was last year or the year before, maybe 2019. Um, yes. And it's like this ring that it's like uh, it's got a like a filter screw on it, so you can attach it to the front of your lens, and then it comes with magnets, and then it comes with um, wands that are that have a little ball on it that stick to the magnet. So um, there's like crystals, there's prisms, there's um, coloured bits of plastic which are like coloured filters um, and there's like clear ones that have sort of rainbow on them. I'll put a few examples of A, our films with lens babies but also photos with lens with lens baby lenses and the Omni filters in the show notes so people can see what we're talking about. But, um, yeah, you can just attach them to the front of your lens and then move them around and create all kinds of really cool effects. And the thing that I love about them is that if you've tried using a prism before, it can be really kind of tricky to like mm. be holding the prism in front of your lens and carry it, holding your big camera and trying to take pictures. And particularly when you're filming, mm. if one hand is holding a prism, then you can't manually focus your right. lens at the same time. So the Omni filter is awesome because it suddenly becomes hands-free and so you can position it exactly where you want it to get like the little bits of light or rainbow or sparkles, whatever, coming into your lens and still be able to like manually focus and film at the same time. So it's kind of, you know, just super handy to be able to do that and you can, while I'm not using them, like I basically, I get to a session, I put the the, the filter ring onto my 35 millimeter and attach a couple of wands and then they stay on there the whole time I don't take them on and off mm. but what you can do is you just kind of move it so then it's out of the frame yeah. so if there's a scene that you're filming and you don't want to have that stuff in it you can just move them without having to take the whole thing off so it's like really oh. kind of handy and you get a different effect every time depending on the light situation and where the light's coming from so it's a really right. fun little tool and the omni filter you can use on any lens right or is it on yeah, the so yeah, you can use it on any lens. Mm -hmm. um, they come light, much like your neutral density filters or UV filters. Mm -hmm. Every um, lens has a different millimeter diameter. Yeah. Um, so there's a small kit and there's a large kit, and then they have like a step down ring. So mm -hmm. the large kit, it's it's one big size, and then there's a step down ring. So then you can put it onto a onto a lens that might have a smaller thing, um, and essentially with the two the small and the large and then the step down rings you can fit them on a pretty wide range of lenses so I've got the large filter ring kit so that fits my um when I add the step down ring it fits on my Canon 35 1.4 lens um but if I take the step down ring off then I can actually put them onto my 24 to 105 which is a bigger yeah yeah. Lens. Um, so that's really handy. And if you get the smaller size ring, then you can fit it on, um, it'll fit on your 50 1.4. Um, and I'm pretty sure you can also fit it on um, some of the other like ones that are slightly smaller lenses. So even if you're using um, say like a crop sensor camera that's using like EFS lenses, you can still, you can still get one that'll be just about the right size, but just check. 
the yeah. diameter of your lens first and yeah. <laughs> what yeah. the diameter is on the lens baby website before you commit to which one you're going to buy. But I just got it because I knew I'd use it with my 35 the most. So yeah. I got the one that would suit that best. Yeah. Awesome. I would, there's another way that I use lens babies and that's if I'm in a situation both for my own like photos and films, it doesn't matter. Um, or for client, it kind of is all encompassing. If I'm in an area that's super cluttered, um, <laughs> they are very useful for that particular problem. <laughs> I've been in client homes, you're shooting in a bedroom and you know, you might have a nice pretty window, but it's just not an ideal shooting situation, but there's some wonderful stuff happening on the bed between mom and kid. And you don't want to miss that, but you know that when that footage gets back to your computer, it's going to be, your eyes are going to go to the books and the mm-hmm. stuff and the, and no matter how much pretty light and connection, it helps yeah. <laughs> at times to make that just a little blurry. Um, and, and it, and it just enhances that moment as well, which is like a double bonus. In, in yeah. a sense. But it blurs you, out. Yeah. As long as you've got your slice or your, your blur section in the right spot, um, it can help minimize distractions in an environment, both for photos or films. And I really like it for that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I find I do the same with freelancing. Like I'll, if I'm in that sort of similar situation, I'll pop my lens off and freelance mm. and it, and it does that. Um, how do you guys find manually focusing with the lens baby? Harder, easier, about the same. What do you reckon? <laughs> I mean, I think it takes practice. I, I feel like it's pretty second nature for me now, but I remember the first time I put a lens baby on however many years ago and I was like, what the actual heck is happening? Yes. <laughs> I don't this. And I was trying, nobody told me this, but I was trying to like take pictures of my children who were like one and two years old at that point. Not a good idea. They move too fast. Like yeah. it definitely takes practice. Um, yep. Yeah. 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 I always say like when people like I've tried I've tried and I can't get it to focus I'm like for me the like the way that I figured out how to use it was I just like I opened I like used a larger aperture so I had it more up around like the 5.6 mark because that makes your slice of focus bigger so it's a bit easier to see when you're trying to focus and I just did like I just practiced heaps on like stationary objects that's good Very <laughs> like good. leaves and things like that till I kind of like my eyes could see exactly where it was and then got you know small like to you know a, a more like 2.8 aperture and like my eyes could kind of like tell where it was going to be because it is it's not just that slice of focus but it's also with the composer pro body because it moves from side to side as well that affects where your focus is so my tip is if you've got a composer pro with an optic in there and you're struggling you can lock it so that the composer pro is just pointing dead straight and not at any up down left right angle as long as it's pointing straight out like a normal lens would be and practice using it in that way first before you start to move the composer pro the the ball bit of it yeah. because um that way you you always kind of know where the slice of focus is going to be while you're sort of training your eyes and then you can start to like move it around a bit more and play with where that goes yeah I, um, yeah 
it's interesting because like I I, it's, I forgot about how like I started with a lens baby and then I bought a tilt shift. So a lens right. baby mm-hmm. is like a more convenient version of mm-hmm. a tilt shift. Yeah, and a way cheaper one. Yes, much like, cheaper. Oh, and a lot cheaper, yeah. My tilt shift is like four times the size of a lens baby. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Um, but I think, oh yes, the reason I got it was because I really wanted to get the same effect with a wide angle and lens baby mm-hmm. at the time, which then maybe they do now. I don't think they do, but this was 24. So I wanted a 24. Um, and I just, yeah. So, but yeah, I haven't shot with that either for in a really long time. Um, but I think that's also because I've sort of moved away from that fo- shooting at that focal length a lot. But it, um, what a tilt shift does is it's like the lens itself is like in two parts and it just, you can slide it left to right or up and down. And the lens maybe does the same thing, but with like kind of a different mechanism and it's so mm. much smaller and more mm. compact um, and a lot cheaper. It's not as sharp and it's never going to be as sharp as like the 24 tilt shift, but that's an L lens. Like you're paying for that. Mm. Um, that's like a two and a half thousand dollar lens. So and they're designed for like architecture and things as well, so that you can get your, you know, mm. your walls and yeah. <laughs> things to be right yes. without having to change perspective in your editing. Yeah. So yeah. Yes. yeah, it's like the lens babies kind of give you that sort of, half the, the good part of the world <laughs> yeah yeah I, I love uh, go ahead sorry no that was it go ahead I just love I had a session two nights ago and it was just a photo session but it it was a bit of an awkward session um I was asked to do some photographs for twin teens mm. and I knew going in they were boy girl twins and I knew it was going to be a little hard because <laughs> you know, you don't do a lot of just straight teen sessions without mom and dad. It was just the two of them. And yes, they are twins, but I knew it was going to be hard. And I brought the lens baby at the last moment. Um, cause I was like, I think this could help a little bit. And I did some of the stuff that I wanted to do, but then I pulled out the lens baby. Um, and it, what it does is it gave me this, all of a sudden it just opened this whole new world of, mm. Oh, you put it on and all of a sudden your brain is like, it's spinning. Oh, I could do this. Oh, I could do this. It just immediately looks different. And I immediately started thinking, Hey, what about this? What about this? And, um, the images are really neat. Like, and I can't achieve that with my, you know, whatever other lens I'm bringing to the session. It's just, it, it, it opens up a new mentality to you just by putting one on. And I love that artistic, um, challenge when you put it on. I love, I love that it kind of gets me excited the minute I see through my viewfinder, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, it changes your perspective, which is mm-hmm. always good, especially, you know, in a situation where if you are struggling, yes, yeah, it's like, and it just gives you that extra boost. I always feel like I have to explain myself when I pull it out in front of clients. <laughs> Do you have this? I'm like, this is going to look a little weird. And it's always, for me, it's always the guys or the dads that are like, whoa, what are you? <laughs> Cause I'll be like, you know, let's say I'm on the sand dunes and I'm asking like a seven-year-old to spin in her pretty little dress or whatever. And like, the dad's like behind me going, wow, that's so cool. How are you, <laughs> what are you doing with that lens? <laughs> I always have to be like, okay, this is gonna be a little odd, but it moves. It'll be a cool shot. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. 
I get that with my um my Omni filter. I get so right. many questions when that's on the camera. People are like, "Oh, I bet what <laughs> is that? Like, yeah. what are you like? What are you doing?" And then when you show them on the back of the camera, yeah. you know what it's doing, they go, "Ah." Oh that's actually really cool and I I must say that's one good thing about the Omni filter is if you've got reluctant kids Mm. stick a couple of rainbow crystals on there and they are like looking straight at your camera (laughs) (laughs) like if you want to if you're trying to get a like if you're trying to get a portrait like you know because often in a session you know you you do want to get at least one photo where you've kind of got most family members all just you know the grandma shot um I've found since I've used it particularly with like reluctant children it actually really like catches their attention they're like oh what is that like Mm -hmm. and they're looking at it and yeah it's a really cool um for me, I found it's a really good way to get reluctant kids who are kind of a bit scared or whatever to warm up to me a bit because I'll just show show it to them and let them look at the crystals and, yeah. you know, see how pretty they are. So it's actually, <laughs> you know, also become like a really good tool in that regard, even yeah. if I'm not using it for the photos, like to just have it there for them to kind of be, you know, looking at. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I feel like that might be everything we could say about Lynn's, but I'm sure it's not. I'll let Kylie keep going. She could probably go on and on. Just hit me up on Instagram if you want to like talk Lynn's baby. If you have questions though, um, send them in. Send send me your yeah. any of your questions. Um, I'm gonna send that. Let's let's go to Kylie at Filming Life Academy. <laughs> send your questions to Kylie we can answer them in the next podcast 100% 100% well we'll do we're gonna have we'll have show notes for this and I'll put photos of the different lens babies and links so you can and examples so you can see what we're talking about and I'll probably make another post that I'll pull out some of our tips as well so that then you've got something handy to refer to you know later on if you do have some questions amazing thank you and thanks, Allison. Thanks, Kylie, for coming on, chatting all things Lens Baby. Yay. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. No, yeah, it was fun. All right. See you guys in the next episode. 